Welcome to episode number 65 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. In my previous podcast, we talked about true or false prosperity. And when I covered that particular session, we talked about the difference between people who believe they understand what true prosperity is, or they make up prosperity, which becomes fake or false prosperity, and it gets kind of confusing. So we cover those individually. But in today's episode, I want to deal specifically with seeking true prosperity. Just simply keeping our eyes focused on what true prosperity is all about. So we're going to get into that and talk about what the Lord wants to teach us and what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us. So let's pray. Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity I have to bring this message, Lord, to these people listening at this time. I thank you, Lord, for the thousands of people who tune in every single week, Lord, to hear these messages on prosperity, upon your word. And now I pray for the Holy Spirit to guide and direct everything that's said and done. I'll be careful to give you the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I'm in this series on finances, it reminds me of a number of topics I've written about over the years. I started writing books about several years ago, and in recent years, I've been trying to turn out a new book each year, and it's getting to be rather a big challenge, but it's something that I want to try and continue to do. Because I'm no longer preaching at churches, I no longer am the senior pastor of my church, and I'm putting all of my effort in speaking from the Word of God about various topics and subjects in our podcast entitled Quality Christian Living. So we are currently on a series on finances, and we're specifically dealing with the area of prosperity, which is something that is kind of taught a little different from time to time, but I believe God's Word is very clear and gives us a clear understanding of what true prosperity is all about. So let's focus on that today, and we're going to get started right now by reading something from the Word of God. In the book of 1 Timothy, In chapter number 6, starting at verse 9, we see some great instructions and teaching about about true riches. Matter of fact, the topic of this particular section is dealing with false teaching and true riches. So I'm going to read a few verses, and then we'll see how the Holy Spirit guides us from then on. I'm reading again in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 in the New Living Translation. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. That's such a powerful statement dealing with how money can confuse our thoughts, can confuse our dreams and our plans and our service to the Lord. As a matter of fact, a lot of folks get too focused on the idea of becoming rich, making a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with being financially well off unless being financially well off takes us away from serving God or seeking God or reaching out and helping others. You know, when it comes to prosperity, a lot of people think that the great entrepreneurs of our age and of the ages past, they had primary goal to be wealthy and be the richest person of all. But in reality, most of them did not set out to become the wealthiest person in the world or richer than the next guy. Many people made inventions because they knew that it would serve their community better or they knew that they could make a living off of it. Not necessarily be you know filthy rich, but that they would have substance and be able to support their family and whatever. You go all the way back to the people like Henry Ford who desired that everyone could afford to have a car in their own garage and people like Carnegie who wanted to be the best that he could be and to provide 
materials for our country that we could grow and prosper. And then you think of the Rockefellers who knew that we need to have petroleum and things of that nature to support our, our communities and our businesses. You can, I can go on and on. There's names of people who had businesses that were designed to meet a need in their community. I don't know that all of them thought they'd become overnight extremely wealthy and some of the wealthiest people that this world has ever seen. But many times when I talk to people in the business world that I've been involved with, and that is the 20 years or so that I was in the banking and finance business, and that is that many people started a business because they just wanted to make a living and wanted to be able to support their family. But then something happens and all of a sudden their business gets blessed and it starts to take off. And they realize that they've got something. They've got something very special. And we got to understand that, that we got to be careful to continue to put our faith in God, even when we're blessed financially, that we've got to understand that God has the true riches. Man has riches and can have wealth and all those things, but the true riches can only come from God because God is the only truth, really, in the entire world. If you're seeking truth, eventually you'll find Jesus Christ. You'll find God the Father. You'll find the Holy Spirit who brings truth. If we put our faith in our prosperity and we think that's where it's all at and all of a sudden it comes along and we lose it and all of a sudden it's gone from us, we can lose our faith from it. A lot of people put all their focus and all their effort and all their work into being rich financially and then if something fails, if the market crashes or if the economy changes or if their business has a major setback and they lose their, their finances and their prosperity, they feel like they've lost everything. Matter of fact, the other day I got an email from someone from overseas, across, across the seas, and they sent me an email and they said, I don't understand what's happening. I've had this business that's been going well. They must have listened to one of my podcasts. And they said, but I can't understand. I've lost everything. They said I had a business and I was making good money and I was doing this and I was doing that and my finances were growing and I got to travel around the world. And they said some very nice things and I was happy for them. But then they said something that really surprised me. These was a born again believer, a Christian person, matter of fact, a minister of the gospel. And he said, I've lost everything. You know, you know, we can't lose everything if we're a Christian. You see, when someone looks at me and they're a Christian, they're a follower of Jesus Christ and they say, I've lost everything. Then my response to them is, You've not lost your salvation. You've not lost your relationship with God. You've evidently put your faith and trust in your finances and in your wealth and in your prosperity. And no, you may have lost money. You may have lost finances, but you've not lost everything because having a relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing him and claiming him as your Lord and Savior is everything. That's everything to know that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And so we got to be careful when we say we're losing money, that we're losing everything. Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, quite frankly, you've not lost anything. Let me just kind of put, put it this way. If we put our faith in God and seek him, we will always have him. But if we put our faith in our wealth and our finances, we could lose it overnight. Let me turn to a scripture that kind of points that out. In Proverbs 23 and verse number 5, in the New Living Translation, it says this. Let's go back to verse 4, as a matter of fact. 23, 4. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. Verse 5. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. You see, if we put all of our faith and all of our trust and all of our hope and all of our future and all of our plans in trying to gain wealth and be rich, what the Bible's warning us is, is that we can all of a sudden lose it all. 
And we will lose it all. We could lose our relationship with Christ. We could lose our family. We could lose all these things and turn our back on God and walk away from him and not have a relationship with him. If that's what our goal is, is to gain wealth and nothing nothing else, then we don't understand what true riches are all about. You see, because the prosperity message must have a foundation of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've taught about this many times and I need to make a comment here. I believe we need spiritual prosperity in our life before financial prosperity comes in. Because if we're not grounded in our faith, we're not grounded in the Word of God and believe what the Word of God has to say about every area of our life, then we could lose what we would call it all. But if we're grounded in our faith and we have a strong relationship with God and we understand His Word and we understand what the premise of His Word is all about is to bless us and protect us and to help us and to guide us, then we'll be strong and we cannot lose it all because of that relationship with Christ. So in your search for wealth or your search for financial prosperity, always remember that God must always be first in our plan to obtain true riches and prosperity that are blessed and ordained of God. You see, I believe that financial prosperity, true financial prosperity, is the result of not seeking riches only. You know, when we seek true prosperity, we will align ourselves with God's plan and then he will bless us and he will prosper us. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and read a little more because there's, there's a lot here that I believe applies to today's episode. In verse 6 it says, remember we're in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6, New Living Translation. Verse 6, yet true godliness with contentment in itself is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Now, some people would say that teaching is basically trying to encourage us to be lazy. That's not true. I don't believe that at all. Contentment has nothing to do with being lazy. Contentment has to do with having our confidence and our faith in God. If we're content in where we are, we won't have a major breakdown with our finances or with our emotions or with our marriage as long as we're content in our relationship, if we're content with where we are. The Apostle Paul talked about that. He said, I know what it was like to be rich. He says, and I know what it was like to be poor. Now, a lot of people today say, well, I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is better. Well, that's not necessarily the case because sometimes rich is not better. Sometimes rich brings a lot of challenges and a lot of problems into our life because of other people wanting a part of the wealth or riches that we have. Well, if we go back to what Timothy's verses tell us, it's yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So to be content and be happy is great wealth. I guess you could say that my dad was an incredibly wealthy man. Now, financially, he wasn't. He didn't know what it was like to have a lot of money, didn't make a lot of money, but he lived debt-free most of his life. He worked for another company for 40 years, gave all of his best effort there, and God blessed him. He was faithful to his church. He gave his tithes of the income that he had. He paid his bills, and he got to travel and go on vacations and things. So he had a nice, comfortable life financially. However, it wasn't always comfortable for him. He had his ups and downs like anyone else has. But my dad learned to be content, whether he had a lot of money in the bank to pay his bills or whether the money was pretty sparse. So we need to learn what contentment is. Contentment will keep us in focus when we're true 
truly reaching out and searching for and seeking for a relationship with God that will bring forth true riches into our life and true prosperity. Let's move on. In this Timothy teaching, it's so... I'm just sitting here looking at all these scriptures and all these verses and I'm thinking of how much truth is here. Let me remind you again what, what Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 9 said, But people who long to be rich fall into temptations and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. He then goes on to say to Timothy, Paul, Paul's final instructions, he says, But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. That means the love of money, seeking other things, craving money, wanting stuff from other people, trying to always get more money in your life. He says, you're a good man. He says, so so run from these things. Don't allow those things to get into your life. Pursue righteousness and a godly life. Along with faith, he says, love and perseverance and gentleness. Then he says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have confessed so well before so many witnesses. He says, and I charge you, he's talking to Timothy here, before God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering, that no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. You see, he's teaching to young Timothy, a premise about life. If you stay focused and you stay consistent and you fight the good fight and you hold on to the true faith and hold tightly to eternal life, which by the way is the ultimate in true prosperity and true wealth and riches are really eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's so important that he was teaching that to Timothy, but he realized that he hadn't completed his teaching because there was more that needed to be said. So he teaches a little bit later on in that chapter in verse 17. Now remember, these are the words of Paul to Timothy, giving him instructions so that Timothy then will know how to give instructions to others that they would receive a blessing. It says in verse 17, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Have you noticed how often in what I've read to you today, it talks about truth, talks about true this and true that and true health and true life and and that everything that's really true has a foundation of a right relationship with God. If we look at this teaching a little closer, it says here, teach those who are rich in this world. He's talking about people who have money, not to be proud, which means not to trust in their money, it says. So the Lord is trying to show us something here, trying to reveal to us, here I am in the middle of teaching. I'm teaching prosperity. I've been teaching it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And literally thousands and thousands of people in countries all around the world realized or was told recently that our podcast went out to 82 different countries, downloaded these teachings in the last 30 days. And I think that's just amazing. And so here I am talking about prosperity, about wealth and how to gain that prosperity and all that. And and I really mean it. And I think it's crucial that we understand that the teaching on prosperity must have underlying a very solid foundation of biblical teaching and spiritual prosperity. If we look at these words, we can understand that Paul is concerned that Timothy tells his congregation, the people in his church, that to teach them 
that if they've got a lot of money, don't trust in that money. Be careful because you can lose it. It's so unreliable. I read earlier in the book of Proverbs that says, in the blink of an eye, we literally can lose everything. The stock market crash of 1929 in America, people, when they lost their money, many of them jumped out of buildings. Many of them committed suicide because they had no hope in anything else. Their entire hope was in their money and their finances. And we cannot allow that to happen because that's not seeking true riches from God. It's seeking wealth, carnal wealth, wealth that is basically the envy of others. And we've got to avoid that and not allow that to get into our life. He says here in in verse 17, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And then he says, this is so important. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in needs. You know, I go back again and think of these great leaders in our country, the Carnegies and people like that who had incredible wealth. They became so rich that they just couldn't spend it all. And I believe it was Carnegie, if I remember correctly. You go back and look through history, you'll find out who was generous and who was not. And Carnegie, at the end of his life, realized that he had all this money. He wasn't going to be able to spend it all. And he knew that he needed to do good. He needed to reach out. So he started doing all kinds of things. He started building hospitals and, and universities. And he was inter- into entertainment. He, you've heard of Carnegie Hall in New York City. Those places that he knew would last for years after he was gone and would be a blessing to his community. And so he became so generous and giving, giving away so much of what that he had that he influenced other people. And he talked to people like, Rockefellers and he talked to people that had incredible amounts of money and he encouraged them to give and I believe it was Carnegie who basically started this wave of giving across America where all these wealthy individuals realized that they couldn't spend everything that they had so they wanted to share it with others. That's strong biblical teaching. You hear it Paul is telling Timothy, it says, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. You see, if we want true riches, then we'll be willing to share those true riches with someone else. We won't hoard them. We won't just keep them to ourselves and basically turn our backs on those in need. It's crucial that we do that. And it says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life, true riches need to have true life. Even though there's a lot of people with a lot of money, many people, if they lose their finances, they really have no life. They have nothing else. They walk away sad and dejected and ruined. And I've seen it many, many times as a pastor, as I've counseled individuals who've lost their finances and they say, I've lost it all. And then I remind them once again, as I said earlier, you've lost nothing if you still have your faith in God and know that you're going to spend eternity with him because that's everything. That's true riches. Now, I'm not trying to give you a spiritual message today that just simply talks about the spiritual aspects of us being stronger in our relationship with God because I I want to give you some steps and some guidelines to help you understand how to attain the kind of success that you're looking for in your life. The primary point I'm trying to make is don't make that your primary goal. Don't make that your only goal to be rich. Your goal should be to have a balanced life. You know, if you're going to have a business, if you want to be successful and pay off your house and pay off your car and do those things, plan for it. Get a get a program going. You could you can go to my webpage if you'd like, davidcfriendauthor.com. And I've got several books there written that would help you and give you instructions on how to get out of debt. There's one I wrote entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And I believe if you went through that, you could find out that in a very short period of time, in maybe just a few years, you could be completely debt-free. 
And that would give you that freedom to move forward and grow in your walk with God and also to be able to increase your finances because you're not so obligated to pay the debts that you have to other people. There's another book in there I've written entitled Generosity. What's in it for me? If you read that book, you'll find out that generosity is the key for true prosperity. Matter of fact, without being generous, and, and even in this scripture today, it talks about those who have money, they should be generous. And generosity is, is generosity. It's not just simply giving somebody a little bit of money here or there and patting them on the back and said, you'll be okay. Generosity is making sure that other people's needs are met. And when we make sure that other people's needs are met, then God will meet our needs. I believe that with all my heart. The title of this particular podcast is Seek True Prosperity. So if we're seeking it, we must go to the person, the one who is the supplier of all of our prosperity, and that's God the Father. Because the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven, comes down from the Father. So therefore, we must seek the giver of prosperity. We don't seek the prosperity first. Let's seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says. And then it says, all these things shall be added unto you. So in order to attain the true prosperity you're looking for, we've got to seek God. We've got to put God first. We've got to look through the scriptures. Matter of fact, just get the Bible out right now and go through it and find out all the references to seeking God. You'll be amazed at how many references there are in helping us to understand how to seek God. Let me just read a couple scriptures to you that talks about the significance of seeking God. In the book of Psalms, and in particular Psalm number 14 from the New Living Translation, this is Psalm 14 verse 2. It says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise He says, if anyone seeks God. See, wisdom comes from seeking God. So if God is saying he's looking for people who have wisdom because they're seeking him, because all wisdom comes from God, God is all-knowing, he has all knowledge, all understanding, all comprehension, he knows the past, he knows the present, and he knows the future. God knows everything. So therefore, why would we not seek that one who knows everything? He has the answers to everything. And I think it's really cool to think that God is looking. This The psalmist wrote in here that God is looking for people he wants to bless. Think of that's what he's saying. It says, the Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. So therefore, he's saying, if you seek me, you'll find me. And if you find me, I'm going to bless you. And so remember, the key to true prosperity is to put God first and to seek him first. Now let's go over to Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10. Here's another scripture that talks about how God wants us to seek him. Those, verse 10, those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. You ever feel lonely or that maybe God's not listening? That maybe God's not paying attention or your finances are not going the way you'd like them to be or possibly you're thinking, well, I just don't get blessed. How come other people get blessed and I don't get blessed? Or how come I'm going through this? Or how come I've got sick and I've had these sicknesses and illnesses and things? And why is everybody always picking on me kind of an attitude? Well, it says, do not abandon God. It says, those who search for you. So therefore, the psalmist here is telling us, if you really want to seek God, if you want to find God, then God's going to be there because he's been requested not to abandon his people. And God never abandons his people. 
The Word of God tells us that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll always be there. He'll always be a very present help in times of trials and troubles and challenges. Let me give you another scripture that tells us why we should continue to seek God and look for His direction. In Psalm 34, verse number 10, it says this, Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. So therefore, we need to seek God. We need to know that He's going to listen to us and hear us. And then we got to understand that God will always provide for us and we will lack nothing if God knows that we're seeking him. So if you're seeking prosperity, God will supply it as long as all the other issues of your life, the area of getting away from envying, getting away from jealousy, getting away and concerned about what other people have or being self-centered on your finances. Remember to reach out to God and then reach out to others and then wait and see, just wait and see how God's going to bless you because God is a very present help in times of trouble and trials. And he's there because he wants to bless us. But it requires us first to take that first step and seek the face of God, to seek him for financial true riches. I'm going to close this teaching today with a scripture found in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, once again in the New Living Translation. And this has to do about religious reforms and things of that nature that are taking place back then. And armies were fighting armies and people were going up against each other and battling for each other's wealth and on and on. They were they're in war and constant war. And one country would be successful and the other one would go in trying to destroy them. Then someone else would try and destroy them and take their gold and their silver and all that good stuff. And in the middle of this, God speaks out and he says, listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. He says, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. So therefore, there's the secret to seeking God and knowing that God is always there. He is always available. He's ready to help us. He's ready to give us instructions. We need to seek him. So how do we seek him? First of all, establish prayer in your life every day. There should be a time. I don't care if it's only a minute a day. There should be a certain amount of time every day where you just say, Father, I thank you for who you are. And I pray for wisdom and guidance and direction. So if you'll have some prayer in your life every day, then you'll be starting to seek God and drawing closer to Him. And then you'll put yourself in a position to be blessed by God. The next thing we need to do is get into His Word and read His promises. I've given you numerous scriptures in these podcasts over the last several months. And just go back and look at these scriptures and go back and read Proverbs 23.5 and the warning that He gives us there. And go back go back and read Psalm 9.10 and Psalm 14.2 and Psalm 34.10. I've read those earlier today to you. There's instructions and guidance. So find scriptures that bless you. I know that when I was struggling with physical problems here about a year and a half ago, I was in the middle of COVID and fighting various things. I was recovered from a battle with cancer and having just a difficult time. And during my battle of cancer years ago, I can remember that I needed a scripture to help me through. I always have Look to the Word of God for a scripture that's going to give me guidance and direction. When I left my business and went into full-time ministry, the scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path, became vital to me. 
And then when I was sick and I had a need for God to touch me physically, I looked at Luke 17, 19, where it says, your faith has made you whole or your faith has healed you. Various translations say it different way, but it was a scripture on faith that I needed faith for healing in my body. And those scriptures, I repeat many of them every day. They're scriptures that I can't get through the day without saying them because I feel like I've lost something. I've missed something in my day if I don't continue to reach out to God and, and thank him for his scriptures, for the the instructions that he's given us. So we've got to start every day in prayer, some type of prayer, and at least reading something in the word of God. So if you'll do that, you'll be on the first two steps. And I believe once you do that, the next step will be to find a way to seek God in everything that you do. And so I hope this teaching has been a benefit to you. I've enjoyed bringing it and I can't wait until we continue this series on prosperity. We'll be doing another one here in just a few days. So I know that God will bless you if you get into his word, if you pray and seek his face. So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for those that have tuned in. I pray you would bless them and keep them, Father. Thank you for who you are, what you've done in their life, God, and what you plan to do in their life. And I'll be careful to give you all the praise and glory for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope this was a benefit to you today. If you're interested in getting more information that I've written, you can go to my webpage, as I've mentioned previously, davidcfriendauthor.com. And if you'll go to that page, you'll see a link that you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, which is currently addressing the issue of prosperity. In addition to that, you can get my references of things that I've written about and topics I've discussed. In upcoming teachings in the next couple of months, I'm going to be going off into a new area, at least new to this podcast, and that is the area of faith. I'm trying to complete this teaching on prosperity. When the Holy Spirit tells me I'm done, then I'll be done. But I'm hoping in maybe less than a month, I'll be able to open up a whole new series of teaching on faith and talk about faith and miracles and how we can have faith to believe for the things that we need in our life and for the lives of others. So hopefully you'll tune in for those. If you're interested, you can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. This podcast series is called Quality Christian Living and it has to do with every aspect of our life. The reason we called it that was because for 15 years I taught a very large Bible class in the main sanctuary of our church. It ran three to 400 people a week and had like 600 people just on the roster for that class. And that class was called Quality Christian Living. And it taught the principles of living a quality life, an abundant life that I know God wants us to live. So let me just close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Our next episode is entitled Prosperity or Bust. It kind of an interesting title, but it's one I believe that'll help each and every one of us. Thank you for tuning in this week. So until next time, may God richly bless you.